it's definitely a, a, was a huge sign for me that when something comes to you and you're like, no, I was all right. I was talented. I got that done, but I really don't want to do it again. You have that feeling in your gut. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Welcome, 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 guys. Thanks for joining me this week. Things have been crazy, right? <laughs> so I appreciate you tuning in. I think... Um, one thing we're doing is listening to a lot of podcasts and taking in a lot of information and maybe trying to do some things that are normal to us. And I know for some of you, normal has been tuning into this podcast. And in all honesty, I was not sure if I was going to release this episode or any of the other interviews that I've got with singers because we're basically talking about career. And our career does depend on some sense of normalcy, you know, especially um, performing. Uh, we need audiences. A lot of that is live performing. So, but I, you know, I did want to put this out. It's a fun conversation. I feel like something fun should happen. It is a thoughtful conversation. I do feel like some things are relevant. I do feel like this is not a permanent situation that we are in with I, having to be isolated or with all of the social distancing that we have to do. It is temporary and, you know, there are things that, well, this conversation did give me an idea of things that I can work on while I am sitting, sitting at home, you know, um, planning and uh, thinking about what I want the future to look like. And it's, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Everything's changing every day and it's very uncertain. And I am really reaching out to friends, especially those who are single um, those who are older, it's important to reach out to, you know, people who we know who are living alone and and just express empathy, live in empathy, you know, use this as a time to really just reach out to other people and, and think of other people and, you know, how we can help them as we help ourselves, um, you know. I'm also going to be putting out an episode where I just talk about things that I'm doing to stay sane. So I'll be releasing these episodes both today. Um, so you can check that out. And, you know, I just talk a bit about my ritual, which I've just made it a point to maintain because I think it's important to just kind of maintain a sense of normalcy in times like this and really just take care of yourself. But this is a, <laughs> you know, I'm really thoughtful right now, um, and I'm just kind of in a pensive place, but, you know, I do feel hopeful. I do feel that these are times where we can think about what we want for the future and 
um, how we can rebuild. And it's kind of a time, I guess, when things kind of get stripped away and our priorities are laid bare, you know, whether it's personal or societal priorities, we can just really see where we are and where we are maybe um, strong in our own lives or weak in our own lives, strong in society and weak in society and what things we can take responsibility for and really, you know, build and take control of. Um, so, you know, I think that applies personally. It applies on a society level. And it's just interesting, you know, if it, how these things are do seem to tie together, you know. Um, you know, if society on a whole is weak, then that just affects our personal lives and you're just not getting away from it, you know. So these are interesting times and it's going to be, and I'm certainly, you know, obviously watching and living it along with the rest of you and interested to see how we are going to build and really just make ourselves stronger, you know. I think you can, you've kind of got no choice at this point, you know, but um, that is definitely something I'm thinking a lot about. But I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I really and truly am. I really do appreciate you listening. Like I said, I think I said, <laughs> uh, I, I think that this is a conversation that will just get you thinking in terms of, you know, how you want to build your own future and how you want to maybe contribute to the future of, of uh, your community as a whole, because that's kind of um, you know, where I am. And, and I do think a lot about at this moment, how I can show up for you guys. This has kind of had me thrown a bit, but, you know, I, um, I'm definitely thinking about how I, how I want to show up for other people. Um, and for myself, you know, I do find if I don't show up for myself, I'm not really showing up for anybody else. You know, that's, something uh that has become very clear for me in these past few days so I do want to do a good intro for Suzanne she is a wonderful human being we had a lovely conversation she's so down to earth she has sung in a number of uh film and tv commercials tv shows um, she's done some really fascinating and amazing things with her career so I'm so excited for you guys to hear about it but what we really do get into is, is the career itself and really how it was built and what she had to kind of transform within herself in order for her environment to really change. So I think, you know, never more than now has something like that, has that idea been more relevant. So guys, without further ado, Suzanne Waters. All right, Suzanne, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's get right into it. I'm so excited to hear from you. And I know there are so many people listening who wanted to hear from you. So, woo. <laughs> um, so where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, around Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, my dad was a, actually a lifetime piano player and he taught piano. He played the organ. And so I grew up with the piano going 24-7. <laughs> Either he'd be playing it or his students would be playing it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm a piano teacher's daughter. 
and did he encourage you to play and learn music and all oh, that? Yeah, uh, that lasted for about uh, till I was nine or 10. And then I just couldn't take it anymore. My mm. brother uh, responded much better to interacting with my father than I did. I had a little temper and uh, I was a hard kid to <laughs> keep in mind. <laughs> so uh, lessons with dad did not go so well for me. Um, so they finally allowed me to quit piano, uh, but he said, I'm not going to let you quit music altogether. So you need to think of another instrument or something else that you're going to do. So he recommended oboe because I could still read music the same way, same clef that I was reading for piano. So I switched from, uh, piano to oboe. And uh, once I got into high school, I actually went to a, a boarding school of my own choice. Uh, school in New Jersey was not going so well for me either. Mm. Um, and my brother, since he was ahead of me, he went off to college and I had issues like I needed to be doing everything my brother was doing. So mm. I begged my parents to let me out of the house and go try school away from home. Mm. And at this school, they actually, encouraged it was cool to be in band and cool to be in chorus mm. whereas in my school in New Jersey you were kind of nothing if you didn't play sports like sports was the only way <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to have accomplished anything uh, so um, it was finally cool to to be in music once I got to uh, high school but I didn't want to be in the band pit just playing oboe. I wanted to be on the stage. Um, mm. So that's when I started realizing that I wanted to be singing in my life. Um, I didn't know how. I definitely knew that I didn't want to be stuck just doing musical theater or just being an opera singer or, you know, I didn't want to be uh, limited in a career choice. So uh, that's when I defaulted to like, who are these people that are singing on the radio? <laughs> like, who are mm. the background singers? Who are, who's singing the Double Mint Gum commercial? Who's singing the intro to all of my favorite television shows? Cause like, you know, back then every TV show had singing. Um, so yeah, then I just did research, asked questions, found out there were such things as session singers like people who didn't actually have a career as a singer songwriter but rather were like uh, voice actors but they sang and I was like that is me I want to wear all the hats and be different on every gig no gig is the same mm. the needs are always changing um, and uh, yeah I tracked down people who wrote radio IDs and I was like, can you please send me your radio, your, your discs, the CDs of, of all the radio IDs you've ever done? Because I just want to nerd out and listen to them all. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was an interesting early, early on journey. And all that wow. came from your question, where are you from? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Because it all contributes to who you are, right? It's just like just just the evolution. It just comes tumbling out, and yeah, yeah. and then here you are. <laughs> so, what happened after you graduated from high school? Uh, so 
at that point it was um am i going to pursue a major in music or not and mm. that was the big question because i had people trying to advise me whether they were school advisors parents i mean my of course my father was supportive in music um but he was also a teacher so uh, he, you know, didn't really have that big of a case for making a living as a musician outside of teaching. Mm. Um, so, and I knew I didn't really, there are definitely people who are gifted at teaching and I haven't found that calling yet. Um, so mm. I don't teach. Um, I have given workshops and, and whatnot, but anyway, back to the question. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go to school for music? I was scared uh, that that would mean uh, I wouldn't make enough money to live. So mm. I uh, majored in mass communication, focused on graphic design, mm. and then I minored in music. And um, I wish that if I could turn back time that I would have majored in music because I could have used all that extra music theory and everything uh but i did not do that <laughs> um so yeah singing was sort of a side pursuit it was on the back burner it was the dream it was like mm. maybe someday you know i'll i'll learn something in school that i can make money doing when i'm done and then maybe someday i'll get to singing and uh that's why after I graduated, I came to LA because I was like, well, that's where all the sessions happen. I knew there was some in New York, a little bit in, in Chicago, but um, my dream was definitely to sing in the movies. <laughs> so I uh, came to LA and I was like, okay, I'm here. Now what? <laughs> I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything. There was one alum contact I had. Uh, who had sung on, uh, I think, like, The Little Mermaid 2 or something, and uh, she had offered a little bit of advice to me, and she was like, get to know your unions. Um, get to know the vocal contractors. And I had no idea what that meant. I was like, does that mean that I call 323, you know, whatever the, <laughs> the SAG hotline is? And I'm like, Hello. <laughs> I just moved here and um how do I become a singer like it's oh uh, it's just to even go back to that in my mind that looming how do I get my foot in the door it's um mm -hmm. that, that seemed so impossible and uh for about 10 years it was impossible for me <laughs> mm. I, it took me forever to mm. to figure it out um mm. yeah <laughs> So were you, um, you get to LA, are you working a day job? What does life look like? Yeah, so I moved to, to Burbank. I got lost looking for the grocery store. I drove by this place that did pre-press, uh, which is like printing, which sort of was an offshoot of the graphic design stuff that I had been doing. So I went in there and I said, hi, I need a job and, uh, this lady at the reception had pity on me and she was like sure you know you can start here for 
$14 an hour. Um, so I got a job uh, working on a Mac computer, prepping files for print. And uh, it was five years of my life that I spent in this dark hole with so sort of an interesting group of people. Uh, <laughs> I was the only female <laughs> in the room. Oh. Uh, it was, yeah, largely male uh, industry. And um, anyway, I won't get into too much of that. But it was uh, definitely not what I wanted to be doing. Mm. Um, and it was a little depressing to be out here in LA around all of this movies and soundtracks and mm. uh, people singing on American Idol and all these dreams are coming true, you know, for people. And I'm here in the town where that happens, but I'm not doing it. Mm. Um, so uh, that was about five years into living out here. And I finally couldn't take it anymore. I took a year away from LA. I moved home Mm. Uh, spent uh, some time with my parents, had a part-time job at a little record company in New York, and um, just regrouped and uh, got married. Uh, <laughs> came back out to LA with sort of a new, you know, approach, and I was like, I'm going to get a cooler job. So I started working for ad agencies, which was a lot more social than the job that I had had before. I had younger friends, a uh, more diverse group of friends. Um, mm. it, was a, it was a fun time of life, but at the same time, still not doing what I wanted to do. And I knew I wasn't doing what I wanted to do when I would complete a job and I'd be like, thank God it's over. Like get this off of my desk. And then when a new job would come to my desk, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> make it go away. I don't want to do this again. Um, so yeah, when I talk to people about knowing what your passion is in a generic sense, not just like for people that want to be singers, but for people that are trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives, it's definitely a, a, was a huge sign for me that when something comes to you and you're like, no, I just, I, I was all right. I was talented. I got that done, but I really don't want to do it again. You have that feeling in your gut. <laughs> like it's not, not my dream, not my passion. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, because a lot of the work that I did was in real estate, uh, it was designed for real estate. I was building brochures for um, construction companies that were launching new housing developments and stuff. Uh, when that started to uh, all blow up with the crash of what was it, 2007, 2008, right. uh, everybody was scared. All the ad agencies, they were like, we'll hire you for a little while, but uh, we're not hiring anyone permanently. You can freelance, but we can't promise anything. So I bounced around trying to uh, make as much money as I could Meanwhile, ad agency hours are nuts. Like it's like you join, I joined uh, Deutsch advertising for like uh, three weeks to, to launch Volkswagen, like a, to get, win the Volkswagen account. 
and I barely was home at all. Like I'd be working till 2 a.m. and then I have to be back there at 8 a.m. And mm. there was no time to like research singing or, or any of that. Uh, my entire life was uh, doing something completely different. Mm. Uh, so I landed finally at a job that took me full time. It was a big, big pay cut, but they seemed like a stable company because they were publicly traded. They were, anyway, nine months into that, they laid me off and they were like, sorry, <laughs> we're going down too. They were property management company and the, they were hurting and they actually ended up going out of business. Mm -hmm. um, but when they laid me off, it was the the story of you walk into your boss's office you think he's gonna tell you about a job and instead the hr person's there with a box of tissues and, oh, <laughs> and an envelope you're like oh my god it's happening to me and <laughs> there's such a uh, like a sense of like self like self your self-worth goes down the toilet it's like oh my god i'm not even uh, you know, worth enough to this company to, for them to keep me. Anyway, it, I cried. It was sad time. Mm. Um, my husband actually was super supportive and he was like, you know, you're going to get offers to do freelance work and stuff right now. He said, you should not take it and you should just start doing what you moved out here to do. Mm. So I took unemployment uh, and thank God for Obama renewing unemployment over and over because uh, mm -hmm. I needed it. Um, it literally helped me turn my entire career into where I wanted it to go. Um, mm. And that took time. That took day. I needed daytime. I needed to go take people to coffee and pick their brains and they weren't going to do that at nine o'clock at night <laughs> when I was done with my ad agency jobs. Um, mm. So I really, it was really important to clear the entire, my, my plate be clear so that I could focus. Mm. And, uh, I was taking Gerald White's sight singing class and meeting other singers in there. And of course that's during the day, during the mm. week. Uh, also yeah. something I couldn't do with a regular day job. Um, I started to take voice lessons and, um, you know, of course you can get a voice lesson on the weekend, but, uh, I the people that I really wanted to study with had all these interesting openings in the middle of the week. <laughs> so <laughs> I just like spent every day either on the computer, Googling composers, Googling other singers, um, looking at their credits and when I would find a singer that seemed to be doing what I wanted to do, um, I would reach out to them and email them. And mm. um, I found Elin Carlson and uh, John West wrote this little 30 page ebook about how to become a session singer in Hollywood. And I yes. printed that out um, brought it on a plane ride home to Jersey with me and made notes in the margins and highlighted and like made a plan of attack, like contact this person, look for this church job. Um, being around people that have connections in the industry 
is entirely different than just like singing in front of people that have zero connection <laughs> to, right. you know, like I would sing in church for years and I'd get comments from people going, I can't understand a word you say, <laughs> you, you know, like people don't know talent, like <laughs> generically they just don't know. Yeah. Um, and it really takes finding the audience, like mm. who's going to be hearing you sing? Um, are they other singers that are working? Cause yeah, if I had a dime for every time I, end up singing next to someone and I'm like, wait, you're not working and you should be working. And, you know, we help each other. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, that's how it all started. It was the getting laid off was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> mm. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Either quit or get laid off if you are not doing <laughs> you know and have it helps to have a supportive partner of course uh, mm -hmm. he, he we did it for each other in ways we sort of like put each other through hollywood school because there were mm. times when he was not making much money where it was like all right i'm gonna stay steady and have the the regular income come in and and then he did it for me and you know it's how it works <laughs> partners mm. are good support is good absolutely uh, uh, what um, vocal coaches did you seek out and study with? Uh, so I had heard about a teacher that coached Grant Gershon, uh, who's the artistic director of the LA Master Growl, um, mm. coached his wife, Elissa Johnston. And I was like, I need to take a lesson with her and see what she thinks of my voice. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I tracked her down. Her name is Judy Natalucci. And at the time she was based in New York and she used to be based in LA and she would come out to LA every six months or so and offer lessons. <clears throat> so I got on that list uh, to have a lesson with her and she just gave me, there's certain teachers that know how to communicate with you and mm. it was things that she would say that made so much more sense to me uh, than ones I'd had in the past. It just, right. it just clicked. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just having her hear me uh, gave me a context for what uh, people are looking for. Like, she's like, you sing it like that. You go in and you audition for the master chorale like that and you will get in. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh, mm. okay. And, just needed people who uh, knew my industry, who understood what Absolutely. listening for. Yeah. Um, and then I had another great pop coach that uh, my friend Angela Michael recommended to me named John Henney. And um, yes. Yeah, you know, John. Yeah, he great. Amazing. Uh, I had several breakthroughs with him. And, uh, you know, every time you have a, le a lesson, they make you a recording. And I have mm -hmm. like a ton of CDs of all my lessons. And even to this day, I'll be on my way to a gig and I'll pop in the CD and do the warm ups. Or even hearing back, so because you get so much information in a lesson, there's mm -hmm. nothing here the first time <laughs> or yes. the second time. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I tell people like, 
you don't have to be taking lessons every week. Um, I tend to, you know, do like an intensive, uh, a few months of like continuous and then I just stop. It's like, okay, I've, I've gotten like a big chapter's worth of information that I can ruminate on for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then if I have an audition or a show or something that I really need to be prepped for, uh, I'll go in for coaching for like beautification. Um, Sean Kirchner, uh, he's sings in the LA master choralities, also a composer and a phenomenal piano player. And you can give him any music and be like, okay, so just if I walked in with this piece of music within an audition, could someone play this and how would they play it? And, and he'll help you with like beautification tips. He'll be like, you should make this part sparkle more and this part, bring this part out, uh, mm. emphasize your emotional connection at this time. And um, mm. coaching is gold because uh, all the little nuances count. <laughs> mm. and, uh, anyway, those are my three my three groundbreaking uh, um, teachers slash coaches that I've really admired here in LA. I love that. You know, I haven't, that's a question I hadn't actually asked anybody, I think. And, you know, um, I just, I'm starting to think, well, I've known this for a while, but I, I think that, you know, our relationship with our coaches is just like so important and just to have like that guidance and that, um, that input of somebody who knows what things should sound like and knows basically what's going to get you work. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because it's just like, like you're saying, like that person who's sitting in the audience, that random individual who has no clue what the hell you're singing or saying or whatever is not going to help you. (laughs) Or even if they like your voice, you sound pretty. It's like, well, that's nice, but what, you know, (laughs) Totally. And we're, as artists, we're always looking for validation, you know? Yeah. So when, when that little strange person does come up to you and says something non-constructive or, uh, God, some of the comments over the years, it's just been like, you're getting so much better, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, who are you? Uh, no, you know, and it's this thing too, I think, um, I think, for myself, I just started reading this book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I don't know if you've heard of it, but... Oh, but I'm going to make a note. <laughs> oh, read it. It is so interesting. And she talks a lot about like talent versus skill and the fact that there are some people who've relied so much on their talent, you know, and that's it. And they don't really know how to build skill. And you can be talented, but you're going to burn out if you've got like no skills and really no emotional intelligence to handle failure is basically, you know, what she talks about. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like so (laughs) good. Everybody should read this. And then she also talks about like, you know, um, the fact that in society, skill building isn't really valued. Like it's talent and nobody sees you going to your coach. Nobody sees like the tedium of singing scales or whatever. And the fact that that's like building muscle and it's building, you know, power and it's, it's just like building you up. 
Yeah. Nobody really sees that. They just see like the end product of you on the soundtrack sounding really pretty, but they don't know how that you got there, right. you know, and they don't. And the fact that, you know, uh, if they hear that you've had to do all this coaching, it must mean you're not all that talented, mm. you know, which is huge. And it's yeah. just like, and she's just like, and she gives like example after example of, you know, like Michael Jordan, like who really worked very hard and, and um, was cut, cut from various, you know, uh, teams or whatever, and just had to work harder. And his mother was like, well, you better just be focused and work harder. And then so he did, <laughs> or whatever. And, and just like person after person, or these like Babe Ruth, who was just like a sloppy mess until he decided to like, you know, um, get his crap together and, and yeah. turn that, you know, work on his skills and, and all of that. So totally yeah that is a that's you know that's something that we really i feel i have to get oh my god it's just like the biggest lesson it's like the best thing everybody read this book it's like so amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah my um just speaking to honing the craft like you can have the raw talent Mm -hmm. but then honing the craft uh i tell people and um people have some people have probably heard this part of my story a few times, but I tried out six times for Master Corral over a span of um, a decade. And my mm. first audition, I went in and I was kind of fresh out of school. And I was like, all right, uh, my resume is sort of up to date. Um, I was obviously singing some choral works not that long ago. And uh, I got, at the time, a letter in the mail, you know, that said, uh, you are you would be an asset to any organization. There's just no room for you right now. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'll just try again in a couple years. I'd go back. And each time I'd go back, I was a little more further away from everything that was on my resume. And the only thing I was doing was singing maybe some solos in church, like, and that was it. Uh, mm. And in 2008, I think it was, I went in and I was so out of shape. You can sing in your car or sing in your room. And those are not normal circumstances that are audition circumstances. Like Mm -hmm. the second your heart starts beating out of your chest and you, you lose all your breath support, if you're not in shape, uh, vocally with endurance or anything like that. Like it's just gonna, everything you have, all your little natural raw talent just like goes out the window and you can sound horrendous. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went in and like was trying to sing this. It was a dumb choice too, because it was like long phrases where I'd have mm. to like uh, take a big breath and really sustain throughout the entire phrase. And I died like halfway through the phrase and it was embarrassing. It was like, because it's one of the most famous pieces in the world that this guy probably had heard a billion times. And he's like, oh my God, this girl is really poor thing, really scared. And (laughs) so he said to me, "Um, you know, I really admire you. Like, and we, we related on the fixed do solfege level, like the the guy who was screening the auditions, he uh, had similar music training to mine. So he wanted, he was rooting for me. But he was like, you know, I see that everything on your resume is getting older. 
each year. And um, there's a lot of community choirs that you could go sing in right now, you know, and I was like, oh, cold, hard truth, but he was right. And mm. uh, so I did, I joined uh, a community choir that sort of gathered over near UCLA and I, everyone in there, they were all right. You know, it was an okay group. Uh, I got a lot of solos. Um, it was just good to be in front of people and be under pressure again to sight read. Um, and mm -hmm. the solos, that was a good exercise for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I got to add them to my resume. Um, right. So all of that sort of happened around those transition years for me. And uh, when I went back for my next audition, after I had had some coachings with Judy, I was also going to Max Karaoke. I've told other people this as well. Max Karaoke is one of the best karaoke places in all of LA. There's two locations that I know okay. of. They have the largest songbook, song catalog, okay. um, and all styles. Like you can do musical theater, you can, um, and then you could sing any an infinite number of pop songs and just like go in the middle of the day when no one is there there's no party mm. happening at like 1 p.m and they charge like six bucks an hour so you can go in you have a mic a song catalog and sing your brains out for two three hours so i was doing that every wow. week it was like i don't have a job <laughs> I'm going to go sing and uh, research people, hound people, get them to go to coffee with me. Uh, and, and that was the big, the big change. I went in, killed the audition because um, mm. I was just ready. And it, it said nothing about like, oh, well, Suzanne used to not be talented. Like, and then mm. all of a sudden she was. It literally was uh, figuring out the tools and how to get there and I feel like if you have raw talent you are capable of many amazing things it's just mm. you know about strategy from there on out mm. yeah I love that that's great <laughs> how do you I think a big question that I've gotten because I've asked I quizzed my audience <laughs> um, what are the parts I guess of your business as a singer how do you make money you don't have to tell us how much you make but like when you think about your year you think okay um i'm gonna make money doing this and i'm gonna make money doing that and da, 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 da. how do you look at all of that how do you plan it uh it's an ever-changing balance um i fortunately sag after is mm -hmm. the most I don't want to say the word reliable, but you can think of it outside of the casuals, you know, the, the, the church jobs, the, the weddings, the, the corporate gigs, the, the things that are one-offs. Um, mm -hmm. And then you look at SAG after work and you go, okay, I can get that session fee, which isn't very much, but... Mm -hmm. I am then attached to that property and anytime it gets used again or uh, anytime someone rents that movie um, or HBO buys it to mm -hmm. eat, things like that. That's when we, we know that there will be some income that's 
guaranteed for the life of that project. Um, so when I first started doing SAG after work, it, I, it took about three, maybe four years mm-hmm. before um, I could say that the income was something to mention, you know, that it, it was part of my entire income. Uh, mm. it, it, it at first was just a very much like an extra thing and I had to figure out how to make money other ways. Mm. Um, but once that of three, four years under your belt doing enough SAG after work, um, a, like 50% of your, it becomes 50% of your income mm-hmm. and it becomes 70% of your income. And, mm. you know, like, it's just the amount of years under your belt with that work. Um, mm. I don't know if I'm answering the question, but basically it's like, how many jobs am I getting? I know there'll be a little bit of a lag time. It's like, all right, this 2020 was the worst year since 2015. I know there's going to be a little bit of a rough gap with residuals coming Mm. up soon. So I need to figure out like, maybe I'll mix and master some singers demos and, you know, maybe just other ways to make money. um, Mm. When you, it's just spinning plates and it's about Mm. how many irons in the fire are you going to have? Like, don't, don't sit there and wait for the phone to ring. Don't expect contractors to, to contact you. Like, be out there performing and have someone take a video of that performance. Send uh, your best part of that performance to the contractor and be like, hey, just keeping you up to date. I had this great show. Here's a scene I'd love to share with you. Have a nice day. Mm. Um, <laughs> just show that you're constantly out there doing what people are going to want to hire you for. Right. Because asking, coming from it from the standpoint of asking someone for work automatically, whether you mean to or not, just makes it look like you're, you're looking for them to help you. And really how it should be is how are you going to help them? Why should, should they be walking down the street and go, oh my God, Jamila, hello. Like, I need you right now. You're going to help me. Uh, Please, Warner Brothers, (laughs) you know, like you're the, you're the missing ingredient. And how can you do that without begging for work? It's like, you're, you're just out there doing your thing and killing it in your show, or you just did a new track and you can't wait to share it with them. But Mm. never, I just would advise never to be like, hello, I really hope that I can work for you someday. Like, no, be more subtle. Be like, (laughs) I have a new track and I'd love to share, you know. Mm. Um, But yeah, as far as the income game goes, it's so unreliable and unpredictable. Mm. Um, And like I mentioned before, having a partner who had regular income was my go around. Everybody has a different story Mm. and a different way that they pull it off. Mm. Um, People supplement their income with a lot of teaching, Um, Mm. you know, jobs where they can stay flexible, uh, where they can move people around if they need to, uh, like they're teaching. So 
yeah, but my go around was I had, I had some margin for, I had some contingency uh, right. when, when times were tough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it for sure helps to have a supportive partner. I have to say that's just such a, that's a godsend. I yeah. gotta say. Yeah, yep, absolutely. But it's not the only way. It's just one good way. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> how, how often do you update your demo? Uh, these days, most of the time, if there's a request out there, like sort of a, a casting breakdown type, mm -hmm. of, you know, hey, we need this kind of singer. If I don't have a track that already represents that, I'll make a new one. And, and then that'll, if it's good enough, it'll become part of my long play demo or it'll, it, it'll also be added to my single. On my website, I have all my single tracks that I love enough <laughs> uh, categorized by genre. And then I take the best ones of those and weave them into a long play demo, which mm. I think I generally try to think of it as like a minute and a half. I haven't looked at mine. It might be longer than that. Mm. Um, but at that point, you're like, I don't know if anyone's still listening, <laughs> they can get to minute two or whatever. Um, mm. But yeah, I try to do weave them into a long play demo where the first track starts out as something completely you know, hopefully wow factor. And then the next one after that is also wow factor, but completely different. So that there, it's sort of like being on a roller coaster ride. Like mm. one song's going to be, whoa, it's up tempo and she's singing high. And then the next one maybe is like low and slow and shows a different color of my voice. And anyway, uh, Remind yeah. me as I was talking about demos or what was I <laughs> talking about? But you know what I, I do want to ask you about in, in regards to demos, do you, um, I mean, I would imagine it would be worth it to have like a, you know, a Tim Davis or a Gerald White, you know, help you put a demo together, get your, you know, just what you do best on, onto tape and produce that. That's kind of, I think like one of my next steps, because it's been a while since I've updated my demo and I'm just like, I want to be well recorded. You know, I want the, the material to work and represent me well. Do you think uh, probably that's like the best route to go? Yeah. Um, I advise, it's hard. Everybody's going to have different needs. Right. Um, but I have personally wasted a lot of money on uh, and I love Gerald and Tim. This is not a Gerald and Tim uh, thing. This was someone else that I went to have produced two demo tracks for me. Mm -hmm. They were about, at the end of the day, maybe 20 second long clips, maybe mm -hmm. 15 seconds. And I paid him 250 bucks for each of those. And I will never use either of them. Mm. Uh, so I would just say, be careful how much money you're putting out for something like one day of recording like who's to say that day is gonna be the best day for you to be singing that song like it it might not mm. be and maybe there's a weird dynamic with you and whoever's recording um 
So I personally have taken any extra money I have and invested that in a home studio. I mm. cannot say how much that has helped me because mm. I learn by hearing myself over and over. And I, you know, we're our own toughest critic and we're all singers, I think, because we are judicious about what we hear. You know, we're like, we're musically inclined and we are listening to, we're critiquing everything about ourselves all the time. So if you have a mic at home that you can sing into and be hearing yourself back and checking yourself, mm. there's no better way to keep learning. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I tell people Apple <laughs> has a great credit card um, where you can get 24 months, I think, uh, no interest. And if you break those payments down month to month for 24 months, it's not that hard to get yourself a good laptop, um, mm. uh, get yourself, go to Guitar Center. I think they have something similar with a financing plan and get a good mic. Um, it's so helpful to be at home Mm. where no one is watching uh put your mm. money i would say put your money there because so much work these days even more people are like hey i need this like tomorrow right do it at home and make a produce your own vocal at home like that's you're already a step ahead of someone else who all they can do is record something on their iphone you know and mm. it's it's been my, it's my recommendation to put your cash there and take some tutor, do some tutorials. YouTube has tutorials about how to use logic, how to use pro tools. And, um, yeah, if you have the yeah. time, invest it in the tech. <laughs> That's my advice anyway. Absolutely. Everybody's different, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's certainly an empowered choice. And you can, like, just, like you say, do it at any time. If somebody, you know, somebody can hire you just to do it from home, which is like, you know, the thing right now is, um, yeah. you know, can you turn this around in like 25 minutes? <laughs> it's never that short, but you know, like uh, pretty much immediately, you know, learn to record yourself. That are like willing to hey, come on over and watch me mix this track or watch me engineer this or that all I, I had a friend that just showed me how to um, do a loop and comp a vocal. Uh, anytime you can do favors for friends that, that do this stuff, uh, they, people are always happy to, if you ask them and you're interested, they're always kind of happy to give you free advice, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I found that to be true as well. Um, people love to, you know, friends love to help and people especially love to share what they know. You know, they want to be right. helpful. Teachers at heart, I think many of us are, so. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> well, this has been pretty awesome. Um, what do you, so just for that singer, how would you encourage that singer who is who says, you know, Suzanne seems special and she's done it and you know she's amazing and and talented and she's got all these connections she's special and and i can't do this and how am i going to do this it's impossible for me what would you say to that person um that 
just to remind them that it took me 10 years. There's mm. not like people, when I started showing up like on sessions, many people thought, oh, you just came out of nowhere. Where'd you come from? You know? Mm. And I was like, no. And I, I made my first demo, uh, Ooh, 2004 was my first demo that's so long ago so uh I think it helps some people sometimes to put that into perspective and realize mm. that it can take a lot of time 10-year overnight success is is a real thing and um to be patient and one tiny step at a time like mm. the from the buying the ebook to the make this connection with that person, uh, research that composer, do this demo, take that lesson, um, do this audition. I mean, I learned a lot just by auditioning and failing. Like yeah. you have to allow yourself failure um, yeah. before you can get better. And um, I do have some friends who have been incredibly fortunate that just out the gate, come out of school, they're already connected um, and they start work right away. And I'm like, always, I find it really shocking for me. Cause I'm like, damn, I had to work so hard. <laughs> you know? But like literally everyone has a different path. Um, it's, that's why I love talking to the people that are struggling a little because it's like, I feel like my story really lends itself to the struggler. <laughs> mm. You know, like it is about the struggle for, for some of us. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I am a source of encouragement, eternal encouragement and also reinventing. Um, I have other friends who've also been doing it a while and they feel like they're in a rut. Mm. And um I try to just remind everybody, like, it doesn't stop. You don't get to this level where you get to then just coast and mm -hmm. things just keep coming to you. Like, once you've made it, so, so to speak, like, then it's about staying in the game. Like, it almost gets even scarier because at mm -hmm. first you have nothing to lose. And that's a fun time to just throw everything on the wall and see what sticks. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, now, now what, uh, how do I keep proving myself against ageism and, you know, like you know, new talent that's, uh, trendier than me, uh, all this stuff, if, like, it's a constant, um, little wins go a long way. And if you are not doing anything to make little wins happen, um, then you can just sort of fall back and disappear. And as mm. a mind game too, I will like friends just, oh, but I had, this person doesn't call me anymore. And this person never commented on my track that I sent them. And you know, mm. it's nobody is out there going, I'm not going to have Suzanne on this call. She, I have a problem with Suzanne. Nobody's saying that. What? Hopefully, <laughs> well, hopefully, what they're saying is, oh, this new person over here sent me that. You know, they're just on my mind. It's like it's a game of staying on people's mind. 
Um, so as singers without agents, a lot of us don't have agents um, because we don't have other work forms that we're doing that require agents. But anyway, uh, you have to be your own agent, um, your own PR executive and be constantly thinking about how other people are seeing you. Um, mm. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying when you're crafting an email, trying to reach out to somebody and how you're representing yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I obsess over my emails. I think I gave a talk once that was literally just about email rapport. Like mm. it can take me two hours before I'm ready to hit send um, on an important email to someone who I really want to make a good impression. And uh, I have friends like text me and they're like, what do you think of this email? Does it sound good? And I'm like, no, <laughs> mm. I'm changing everything. Um, because you don't have a voice when you send an email. Um, so literally every word can be taken a certain way. And what are the elements of a good email? And why, why do you, what makes you say no, don't send? What, what should we definitely not include? Especially ones to new connections. Um, a lot of times people will, their email will start out or it'll just say, hi, I am so-and-so I've done this I all this stuff about them they never once go hey I'm actually reaching out to you because I know this about your career I admire this thing you did in the 90s that made you an icon like research who you're emailing know something about them bring that up and that gives you and them a tie to why they should be contacting you. Like, even if it's just, I saw you talk and I really liked this one talking point you brought up, um, you know, it's, it's just human. <laughs> like mm. if you, if you get an email and it's just, hi, I'm this, that, that, that you're like, great. Uh, and you forget. But if you get an email where it's someone who's really taking the time to mm -hmm. uh, learn something about you and that's why they're contacting you, you should be getting a response. I also love the magic Tuesday at 10 a.m. <laughs> I think is one of the best times to send an email to somebody. Mm. Uh, Monday is like freak out, catch up day after the weekend. Um, the rest of the week starts to get super busy, but I feel like magic hour could be Tuesday and, you know, sort of in the morning, um, you'll, you're likely to get, I've gotten a lot of more attention to my emails when I sent them at a normal hour and not like three in the morning on a Friday night. <laughs> Cause stuff right. just, you know, can get buried. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's the people who follow up also, uh, hmm. Cause I'll get one email and I might just be super busy. I might, you know, be in the middle of something and I'll forget like, who was that? They never got back to me. So I guess it wasn't that big of a deal to them. Like that's literally where my mind goes. Mm. So the, my follow-up rule is uh, send the initial email. If you don't hear back, do not take it personally ever. Uh, respond again in two weeks. And if you still don't hear back, then maybe wait four weeks and each time bring up something a little new, like, uh, hey, I, um, just reaching out again, I 
I have a new track and I'd love to send it to, to never say, I haven't heard from you. Oh my God. That's like the worst thing. <laughs> like what responsibility does anyone have to you? Like not, you know, so, yeah. uh, very chill. Like if you could keep it very chill and just like, I'm going to be forever here in the corner, non-invasively admiring you. And I really want to talk to you someday. If you ever have the time, always keep that general attitude and never like confrontational or subtly aggressive in any way. <laughs> so mm. yeah, that was my general uh, e email reach out. Um, make a list of who you've emailed and just remember, put the date down. When did you uh, last reach out and come up with your next action plan. <laughs> That's gold, Suzanne. That's gold. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just what worked for me. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Where, where can we find you online? Uh, my website, which I should be updating more often, uh, but that's SuzanneWaters.com. Um, I also am pretty good at keeping up my IMDB page. Um, so that's got a list of credits. Um, I have some clips from on my YouTube channel from uh, things that I've done that have been on TV. Um, I'm working on getting more things that I've done in film. Uh, there's kind of a process to anyone who's done this, like stripping the <laughs> rights protected parts of these things and then uh, fooling YouTube into thinking, you know, into just knowing, like I always put, this is for demo purposes only and like hopefully Universal Studios doesn't come like rip it down. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, that's a bummer thing about singers is we don't really get, uh, credited very often. Um, I've, mm. as a member of the SAG after singer committee, we, we are working on it, like trying to figure out how to guarantee us screen credit and everything. Um, yeah. but, uh, a lot of times we do stuff and no one ever knows. <laughs> so, uh, mm. on that and but yeah. So I have a subtle presence out there online, but I wouldn't say it necessarily is fully representative of everything I've done. But. Yeah. Well, this has been great. And I, I love your website, actually. I think it's a great example of, you know, how we should uh, present ourselves. So anybody listening should definitely check out your website. And thank you again. This has been beautiful. It's so nice to connect with you. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking with you. You as well. Thanks. And scene. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. And I'll like, you know, just to be honest, I was just like, I, I was having a freak out this morning. Cause I was just like, oh my gosh, everything is going, you know, I was just having one of those, everything's going to hell. I know. I felt like, <laughs> yeah, doomsday is upon us. So I was like, what is life? What <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> the world <laughs> you have a crazy schedule today right or did your stuff get canceled um it's still happening the lesson is still happening um 
I've just got actually a, one student. I'm supposed to have two, but actually, yes, one did got, get canceled. Um, and, um, you know, I'm just trying to build up the day, you know, the schedule mm -hmm. with more students and then hopefully add on another day. And then that's what I'm trying to do at home too. I have a few students at home and I'm trying to build up Sunday uh -huh. for, for teaching at home. So, okay. you know, we shall see. Oh, and I, you know, I've been like really digging into John Henney's stuff. Oh my God, he's... he has such good things on his Oh my goodness. He's so good. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Ugh. I'm just like, where <laughs> have you been all my life? Um, you know, and he's got a lot of good, um, some good like free courses. Like I downloaded his uh, straw uh, oh, donation. Warming for, up with the straw. Totally. Yeah, the exercises. And I'm looking at taking his teacher course. I was looking at that too. I was like, wow, you know, if ever I did want to take the plunge someday. You know, I still yeah. feel like there's better people out there to be teaching. Uh, I, I feel like I lack the textbook, you know, I, I'm more like, just do it like this. And that doesn't really help anyone. <laughs> if I, I better yeah. explain, you know, <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised what people are just saying, do it like that <laughs> or whatever. But I think, you know, yeah, I, I I I felt that way too. I've been resisting it literally for like 15 years. There was a coach that I'd worked with in, in college and, um, you know, I feel like he really expanded my voice. And then after college, I worked with him off and on and he'd been encouraging me to teach mm -hmm. and I was resisting it. I was just like not interested. And, mm -hmm. and then I don't know, then, you know, I did the artist way. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was writing, I was like, oh, I think I actually would like to teach. I, you know, yeah, um, but it's I think that you do. That's definitely cool something you have to connecting with somebody and um, mm -hmm. and bringing realizations to them. It's very fulfilling. Yes, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, which is what? Do you have a second? What? Uh, what? What's your? What was your in to the industry? What, what's your background? Um, let me see. What have What have I What have I been doing? Um, well, I, you know, I majored in, in music with an emphasis in vocal performance. I went to UC Riverside and, mm -hmm. um, I'd always, I, being an artist was my big focus. You know, I, I recorded, um, four records and, um, put those out. The last record I did was a jazz album, well, jazz EP and, um, had a couple of standards and one original. Mm -hmm. and um you know just always kind of worked for did a lot of work for other people um and I would say you know you and I probably got laid off around the same time and I had a job for five years actually <laughs> damn <laughs> that I got laid off from around that time where everybody like everybody I knew oh, was yeah. getting laid off <laughs> and um you know I um you know, I hadn't had a day job since then. And I just kind of was able to like pull stuff together and, mm -hmm. you know, um, just toured as a background singer and, um, That's you awesome. know, uh, yeah, I have some bands, local bands that I work with regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I just kind of pulled stuff together, but now I'm, you know, I'm getting into teaching and, um, just trying to figure out that game. Yeah. You know? But nice. It is, How yeah. do you find, uh, like this, the whole session world stuff from, you just had friends uh, that you were touring with that did yeah. like studio stuff or? I, I'm, I would say like most of the session work that I've done has been like, um, you know, it hasn't been reading. I haven't done anything really for film. It's been for people's records, people's albums, and it's been through musicians that I've either hired or who have hired me for gigs. And, um, you know, the tour that, um, there's a tour that I'd gotten that came from a, a percussion player that I hired for a gig and he was like this fan this artist is looking for singers and you know I was trying to think of singers who I could probably stand to spend a few months <laughs> on a bus with and oh, yeah. I was like well thank you I'm very honored <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you'd be good on a bus <laughs> that's what I'm finding it comes down to yeah for sure <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, I am still, I mean, the, the, um, teaching has brought up for me that I do need to work on my piano skills. So I've just been spending a lot of time on that, getting my scales together, reminding myself about all of the theory uh, and, uh, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, all of that kind of thing. I mean, basically you just have to play scales for them. And a lot of the students, we do a lot of stuff a cappella because sometimes they're not quite ready to uh, yeah. have the karaoke right there, you know, right. or whatever, or they sing along to a karaoke or whatever. And I'm just kind of getting myself to the point where I can accompany somebody. Right, right. And um, that's kind of what it's been like. It's just like a constant, you know, getting my shiz together yeah finding all these <laughs> things are so yeah very cool yeah. yeah well it's really great getting to know you and i hope we keep in touch and yeah absolutely you know, we can ever help each other or whatever anytime yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely definitely yeah very cool. For sure. But you know, you've inspired me. I haven't done a, done a choir in a long time. So I, um, I'll definitely be looking at community choir, you know, cause yeah. I've done that in so long. Um, oh, have you heard of Core Lab or Tonality? Um, no. Oh, you know, Tonality. That could be really good. Alexander Blake, does that name sound familiar? Mm-mm. Um, he's amazing. He's a innovator and he is like, he has that business side that I think so many of us in this little niche community are missing. Mm. Um, and he doesn't kind of take no for an answer and he'll, he'll network and make things happen. Um, mm -hmm. Tonality is having a concert on Sunday night. Um, if you're free, you should, mm. I would definitely recommend going. They're like, they're really good singers too. And it's, uh, it's not, I wouldn't put it in the community choir category. Um, mm. They're just all really good working singers. And same okay. thing with Choral Lab, 
I think auditions for that just happened. Mm. Um, but then, uh, and then there's Leslie Layton's choir, uh, Los Robles Master Chorale. I don't, okay. I don't know where you live, but it's kind of far. <laughs> it's like- I'm in Hollywood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like tonality, they meet in Hollywood, you know, mm. and I think Choral Lab does as well. But yeah, yeah I feel like try to get in the, the groups where people are like, it just would be a rewarding experience just, you know, sing with working singers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just to, just yeah. to do it and get the sight singing chops sharpened again. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just comes, I think a lot of that came for me uh, being on the job, like learning on the job. The more I had to do it, the better I got. It was like, you know, I could do Gerald's class over and over again. And I had my upbringing, which, you know, I thought of myself as a reader. Yeah. I never thought of myself as not sight reading, um, but the levels of Gerald is awesome because he's like, look, you can either read or you don't. <laughs> and then everything mm. after that is like varying degrees of, you know, right. and you can always tighten it, get better at it. And that usually happens on the, on the job. You know? you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, and having like day jobs, even if you're still singing, which I always was, but, uh, if you're not, if you're not in a position where you really need to do it, then it's not really, yeah. you're not really going to practice unless yeah. you, you know, just don't want to, <laughs> you know, you unless you have a, you know, so if you don't want to go in and look like a jerk, then you'll practice <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Speaking a language, you know, like, you, you yeah, really get it down until you're in that country making yourself do it all the time. Um, yeah. but yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't like freaking people too much out about sight reading. Like yeah. as a, it's, it's a valuable tool and we all should be working on it. Um, mm -hmm. But reality is even some of the best readers have weak moments where you're like, I thought you were one of the best readers out there, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that like groups like Tonality and Coral Lab, I know they test sight reading, but I don't think they test it kind of to the extent that like Master Chorale would. Mm. Uh, Master Chorale definitely it's intimidating. Like I, mm. I barely made it through my, <laughs> cause you're nervous. You're like, ah, don't they pay too much attention to me. <laughs> like in, you know, fragments of, you know, and you only get better at that if you have to be under pressure to read in front of people all the time. And that, that's very rare, you know? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, definitely get in one of those choirs, I would say just yeah. in, in tonality or choral lab or they're just really good and it's worth your time. And, um, you'll be reading just by being in the group, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Great, yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, I appreciate that. That's great advice. I'm like, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
I love that. No, I, you know, absolutely. And I'm just trying to order my life right now so I can, you know, because there's other things I'd like, things like that I'd like to fit in. I do really miss uh, choir. I haven't done it since college, you know, and um, so, yeah. you know, there's, there's that. There's ordering it around teaching and, right. you know, yeah. and then, uh, the gigging and all that. So, but it's all, <laughs> all good stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's so nice talking to you. And thank yeah, you too. I, again, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, thank you. All the efforts you're making to put this kind of stuff out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm honored to have been on your program. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so honored you agreed to come on. So thank you. I don't always get yeses. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Fair loss. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, have a good day. All right. You too. Okay. Enjoy this okay. rain. It's really healthy, you know. I, yeah. Hopefully it's not what we're all scared about. Uh, but, you know, in case it is, hopefully, you know, we can all make it through. <laughs> yeah, we will one way or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely will. All right, Mama. Well, thanks for your time. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, you too. I hope I see you soon. Yeah, me too. Time and yeah, uh, I I'd love to keep getting to know you better too. Oh, uh, me too. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. So let's get right into the singing lessons. Number one, it takes finding the audience. Who's going to hear you sing? Number two, if you have raw talent, you are capable of many amazing things. It's just then about strategy from there on out. Number three, show that you're constantly out there doing what people would want to hire you for. Number four, it's about tiny steps. Number five, you have to allow yourself failure before you can get better. Number six, everyone has a different path. Number seven, you don't get to this level where you get to coast. Once you've made it, then it's about staying in the game. So guys, again, I hope you enjoyed that. And you know, in thinking about, obviously when she, when Suzanne and I were having this conversation, um, performances had not come to a grinding halt. But I was thinking um, just now when I was reading, where is it? Do, do, do. Show that you're constantly out there doing what people would want to hire you for. We can still show people that, you know, um, we're, many of us are still recording at home. Um, maybe if you haven't started doing that, now it might be a good time to get into that. Um, maybe you've got equipment sitting around that you haven't really been using, really been utilizing. Maybe somebody's got something that you can borrow. You know, I know for those of many of us who are not working, we, we can't run out and buy stuff. But, you know, it might really be a time to get into honing that craft. Um, there's still a lot of YouTube uh, tutorials available. I know many singers who just went onto YouTube and figured it out, you know. We can still record ourselves, a uh, video of ourselves singing at home, update that video reel. I know that's uh, been on my mind. My YouTube is so old and I've done <laughs> nothing for it. So, you know, this might be a good time to get a nice backdrop and then just record myself singing. You know, we can still record ourselves uh, doing those um, acapella videos and posting those up on Instagram. Just, you know, we can still sing. Nobody's uh, taken that ability from us, though, you know, our, our stages might be um, limited at this point. 
we've definitely got some options as far as online goes. Um, and I know a lot of people are using Periscope. I think it's called um, stageit.com, I believe, to do uh, online performances for our audiences. So there are a lot of ways to get creative with this time that we have, um, just as far as building up our crafts. Um, I know that there are other practical matters, you know, like figuring out how we're going to eat and because, you know, our gigs have been canceled and we need to make some money. But I know, I also know that, you know, we're not, we can't spend 24 hours a day on that alone. You know, we do have to divide up our day. Um, and so maybe that might be a fun, healthy activity to get into just learning something else while we try to figure everything else out, you know, definitely not lost on me. Um, and, you know, certainly for those of you who are single um, or single with kids um, or are up there in years, uh, you know, I am thinking of you and, you know, reach out. Maybe I know somebody who can help or I can help or or whatever. But um, I do know that we'll get through this and I do hope that it is quick. And what I do know is that we will all be stronger and better for it for it you know I do believe that these are times that come up where we need to get the lesson we do need to get the lesson there is one <laughs> there's de there are probably many I saw this great quote that has been going around and I will be reposting as well from Eckhart Tolle which says whatever the present moment contains accept it as if you had chosen it Always work with it, not against it. Make it your friend and ally, not your enemy. This will miraculously transform your whole life. I know that this is nothing that any of us would really choose, but, you know, how can we come out of it stronger? How can we just accept basically what is happening and then just deal with the reality of it and decide how we're going to come out of this much stronger, not only as individuals, but as families, and then as a community and a society as a whole. Everything affects everything else. So it is so important to, you know, make decisions that are not only healthy for yourself, but are healthy for the world at large. Um, with that said, you guys, um, let me also just throw out there, you know, this is going to be posted uh, along with other resources on the workingsinger.com, the workingsingerpodcast.com resource page. So I think I'd said at the top of the episode, but if I didn't, I will have other uh, resources that are kind of relevant to what is happening right now uh, available for you. And I will post those as I find them. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Jamila Ford Music, or at the Working Singer Podcast or some variation of such <laughs> on all of the social medias. Share the episodes and subscribe so you don't miss anything. So as always, guys, it was wonderful to check in with you. This is good food for the soul, and I hope that it is useful for you. I think upcoming conversations are, of course, going to be um, focusing on, you know, not only the success that some of these singers have had, these career singers have had, but how they are handling what is going on at this very moment. So you guys stay 
positive, stay healthy. Please take care of yourselves. Um, please think about other ways that you can help others. I know that we are doing our social distancing, but if there's anything positive that you can post, um, if there is food you can drop off for somebody who really can't leave their place, um, if there's anything you can do, then do it. Because I think what the world needs now more than ever is empathy. And um, let's just think of ways that we can express that to other people. All right, guys. So I will check in with you soon. I love you. I appreciate you. And stay tuned. <laughs>